This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. to the Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Hees. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Hees, and we are here to become better habitat managers. Together, let's learn. Guys, Habitat Podcast, thanks for coming back. Fired up. It is... <laughs> the 13th of October and things are looking good. Um, cold weekend ahead of us, a bunch of rain just moved through bucks are going to go needing to freshen up those scrapes. Um, it's just, it's mid October. This has been good for me in the past. I'm going to try it again this weekend. Let's see what happens. I hope you guys are out and about this weekend, getting it done on some deer, post them up in habitat chat on the Facebook group. Post them up. I want to see what everybody's hunting, shooting, your targets. I want to see it all. Uh, but today, we are talking with my friend Josh Hilliard from First Light. So Josh is a buddy of mine. Um, you've heard him on multiple other podcasts. You've seen him on YouTube on the First Light channel. Um, he travels all over for for work, hunting, and just is a, just a, a top-end guy. Great guy. Nice guy. Uh, and knows a lot about technical hunting gear. And we're gearing up for end of October, November, December, here in the whitetail season. So it's time to talk about this stuff. Um, again, Josh Hilliard from First Light. We are going to cover, you know, Josh's history, how he got to where he's at today, his hunting background, his his career background. Um, it's kind of what put him in position to to get where he's at as the whitetail media coordinator with uh, First Light here. We talk about the background of First Light gear, all their clothes, how they came to be, their history. Um, we talk about mer merino wool, a lot of the advantages of that, um, kind of how they specialize in that. We talk about the technical gear, the, the way it was designed for a whitetail hunter. Um, they're big in the whitetail space right now. They've always been big in the, in the Western big game space. Now they're big in the whitetail space and also getting into waterfowl. They have a whole waterfowl line now too. Talk about all that. We're talking about the problems that they solved with their gear, some cool stuff that you know, not your old uh, Cabela's jacket has, or uh, even my old Scentlock stuff doesn't have some of the technical stuff and some of the cool design features that uh, these guys at First Light, actual you know, passionate deer hunters designed and, and put together for this. So, uh, we're going to talk about Josh's upcoming hunting plans, and we're going to wrap up with his favorite tree. Um, you know, maybe getting together for some for some hunting here this year. So. Oh, everybody, First Light uh, is sponsoring this episode here. They're having a whitetail sale right now. 
If you click the link below in the show notes, first link down there below, scroll down and say first light, click that link, you will get to the 20% off sale, the whitetail sale going on right now. Um, not only do they have 20% off of like 80 different items until Sunday, uh, it only goes till Sunday. Uh, also, if you order anything in Spectre Camo, which we'll talk about on the show here, they donate to the National Deer Association some of the proceeds. Um, Josh said by the time the sale is done, they will have donated over a hundred grand to the NDA, um, which is an awesome conservation association that you know we've talked to multiple people from there before and uh it's just a very cool program i like first lights gear i've worn it for a while now so is brian it's comfortable it keeps me warm they have good people working there that i know personally um they have a good background they stand for the right things and they donate towards conservation not much else you can say about uh you know a good company no matter what they are make or who they are so happy to bring you guys josh from first light great conversation here today on the habitat podcast i want to thank everybody who has been reaching out for our land plan services guys we are booking into q2 for the 2023 season we're only doing a limited amount of these land plans now a land plan if you're unfamiliar is when you get us on the phone we talk about consulting for better habitat and better hunting on your property. Brian and I have been doing this for three seasons now, over a hundred clients. And we have a whole team of land plan specialists, our land plan habitat managers, I like to call them, uh, on the website, habitatpodcast.com slash land plans. We are in Michigan, Indiana, Wisconsin, Iowa, and two in Pennsylvania, with possibly more coming on board. So if you're interested and you just don't know where to start, or maybe you you have a bunch of ideas and you just want a second opinion on if your ideas are what you need to do before you go open up that canopy with a chainsaw. Am I doing it here? Do I do this right here? That's what a lot of our customers say. They say, you know, I love your podcast. I love hearing from you guys. I love all the information, but I just want to make sure before I go in head first here, that I have a plan in place. It's very important to have a plan with your goals in mind. We help you through all of that. Habitatpodcast.com slash land plans. We are only booking a certain amount this year. We don't want to get too busy. We don't want to overwhelm anybody. And we want to have this done in a timely fashion with quality results, which we've been doing. So check us out, the land plan services at habitatpodcast.com. I also want to thank Everybody who's left us a great review on Apple iTunes, there's a link below. If you leave us a great review, write something nice, I will send you a free decal and you'll be entered into any of our upcoming Habitat podcast giveaways. We've given away a Habitat hook. We've given away Afflictor broadheads. We're only going to get bigger and better with these giveaways and they're going to come more often. So check us out, leave us a good review. And I'll be sure to find you and send you a free five-inch Habitat podcast decal. All right, guys. I want to thank everybody who's tuning in. We really do appreciate our listenership. Uh, you guys are the reason we continue to do this. The feedback we get. Um, we just, we're proud to be doing this for you guys. And, and we we love the listeners. We love you guys and the faith you put in us and, and the trust you put in us to bring you this great content every week so please come back let us know what you like about it you can always reach out to us info at habitatpodcast.com and i want to thank the rest of our partners before we get into the show here i want to thank legendary forest products real tree united country land pro lake states realty and auction vitalize seed company afflictor broadheads morse nursery Endless Horizons Archery, Exodus Trail Cameras, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, and Packer Max Call to Packers. Can't forget First Light, guys. Firstlight.com, the Whitetail Sale. Click that link below. You'll be directed directly to their website, 20% off until Sunday at 11.59 p.m. All right, Mr. Josh Hilliard from First Light coming up next. Yeah, you'll actually be the first person I've interviewed 
from Brighton, where I'm from, I think. So we should have done this in person with a beer. Yeah. Yep. We, we sure should have. Next time. Like he said. <laughs> so how you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, just uh, getting back into the office life after after being out on the road last week. So catching up on some stuff and, and still digging out here. All right. Well, good to have you back. You've been... You've been uh, traveling all over, but only to warm places, right? Yeah, so far that's that's been the that's been the gig this year is is all these these uh these spots in the southeast. So, giving giving the south a little love um, right now, which has been great. It's been fun to to get down there and and uh, check out some new stuff. I've, I've hunted the south a little bit, um, like not much at all, like a turkey hunt, and uh, helped out with like a youth hunt down there one year and got to do a little hunting on my own after that, but, um, kind of my first real, real, uh, go at it down in the, down in the deep South. So we were at, uh, I was in, um, South Carolina in August, which was surreal to be hunting whitetails and <laughs> in the middle of August, oh, God. um, they've got quite the early season down there. Um, uh, did a, did a quick trip out to Idaho in September um so a little bit out of the south there it's a complete opposite direction but uh sure. then just got back from georgia uh here last week is where i was at so it's been good it's um it's uh it's tough hunting down there man it's uh you hear about it all the time it is it is no joke it's it's a difficult it's a difficult place to hunt got yes. a lot of respect for the people that that get it done down there for sure okay and and i guess take it take it another step further if you don't mind what makes it difficult and like when you say difficult, you're talking more difficult than like Michigan and, and PA where you've hunted both of those too. I think it's just different. It's just different. Okay. Like things that I'm not used to, like how are deer using the landscape is a little bit or how deer are using the landscape is a little bit different. Um, okay. you know, the 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 cover types are different, like hunting like big um pine stands and things like that. Um and and these like cut over pine thickets where these deer are bedding and and it's really next to impossible to hunt them in those, in those areas. Um, and just, you know, the, this, this Georgia hunt, I mean, it's just a big WMA, big piece of public and, okay. and the pressure, the pressure was certainly, was certainly a factor and, and, and the number of people that we saw and signed into the log books and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you're, and you're, you know, you're kind of concentrated down into certain areas where you can hunt them and a lot of oaks dropping and uh, a lot of, a lot of acorns dropping and um just hard to get on deer and i think a lot of them were were nocturnal so um you know i think i think for someone that does it all the time it's, it's just what they know um sure. but a lot of times it doesn't feel like you have some of those like uh some of that structure some of the topography um or like defined bedding and feeding areas that you can kind of key in on like, yep. you, like you get sometimes in the midwest so just um just a little bit more of a challenge on, on trying to locate deer, especially when you're down there for a quick four or five day hunt, trying to, trying to figure it all out that quick is, is always tough. Yeah. So you're seeing like, not really monoculture, but the same sort of habitat for large periods of yeah. time, large parcels yeah. where, where you're more used to, or we're more used to maybe hunting something that's necked down a little more, or maybe there's a, Yep. a food source in the middle that's different than just native browse yeah exactly i mean like the the way this um the way this wma laid out is you essentially had clear cuts that were probably within a, a year or two old that were we're starting to really kind of grow back up with a lot of you know um you know pretty pretty high like thick cover in those that i'm assuming those deer were out and at night you know feeding that was kind of your probably your one of your ag spot like ag field if you will um, out in there, just, just some natural browse on, on what's coming up out of those, out of those clear cuts, um, just based on like tracks and things that we saw going in and out of those. Um, and then you had these like pine thickets that were probably, I wouldn't, I don't even know what to guess on how old they were, but they're probably like, you know, six to 10 foot, six to 12 foot pine trees yeah. that were just thick and nasty with briars and all kinds of stuff underneath that these deer are bedding in. And then you had these, like, they were calling them like stream management zones. So essentially these like ditches that are coming off these, these ridges and, and whatnot um, that were full of like mixed hardwoods. So you had, you know, oak trees, all, all, you know, oak trees and um, 
uh, a bunch of different hardwoods in there that, you know, all the, all the oaks are dropping acorns and stuff like that. So I think that's where they're spending a lot of time feeding to, or some of those transitional areas between bedding and some of those, those big, uh, uh, um, clear cuts. And, and there were some like planted, um, food plots and like dove fields and things like that, but, but not many of them. And, and honestly, we kind of stayed away from those spots just there's a lot of people, you know, around, I think that key in on those areas. So we were trying to kind of get back in some of the thicker, nastier stuff where more, more people probably weren't going. Um, but in the long run, it, it didn't help us any different. So, <laughs> so, and you said the topography, is it, is it fairly flat? What's it like? Uh, there, there was, there in Georgia, there's a little, there was some, there's a little bit of some rolling hills there and, and some ridges and things like that. Um, so there's more, more of that there than there was in South Carolina where we got in South Carolina is essentially flat as a pancake. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's just gotcha. like not much going on there. Um, but again, like I don't, and talk with some of the guys who are hunting with down there, it, it doesn't seem like deer are using the topography like they do in the Midwest. So like I was expecting some of these deer to like bed on some of these points, uh, in these mixed hardwoods and whatnot. Um, but they just, they just weren't doing that. Um, I think they were more in the thick stuff where they knew they weren't going to be uh, harassed. Gotcha. Yeah. So that makes sense. I mean, like you said, and it's tough on, on public anywhere, really uh, tougher yeah. on public. And you were down there. I didn't realize you were on public down there. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, so South Carolina, we were on a, a piece of private um, that the, the landowners like, manage for both like timber resale as well as as like deer habitat um just a beautiful beautiful piece of property um awesome spot high deer numbers that was a bucks only season um for the first month of that that's that south carolina season um saw a lot of does saw a handful of bucks um just again had like our best opportunity the last night um just like last couple minutes of dark that time of year they're just moving so close to to daylight and dark yeah um you got to be you got to be close um to where they're bedding or feeding and, and hope they get to you in time um and then georgia was a piece of, a big piece of public that we that we hunted so okay hitting a, hitting a few different few different uh types of, of properties in the south to try to get a good taste of uh how folks do it down there Okay, how many deer do you think you'd see per day in Georgia ish? Oh, I mean, we saw five all week. So I mean it was it was in uh like four does and a and a small buck is all we saw. Wow. Um and we were hunting with four guys. There's four other there's four hunters there hunting. Um and it was like that kind of for all of us. All saw minimal deer. Um but again, we we bumped some deer going in like well before daylight in the morning. And I, I think these deer were just back to bed early um okay. in the mornings that's one of the reasons I, I don't love hunting mornings in this early right but we're just trying to maximize our our time in the stand down there since we had a limited you know limited amount of time we wanted to get as much hunting in as we could and what pattern were you using in your camo uh, uh the specter nice how'd that uh, blend in down there in the cell oh great man um yeah. it, it looks really good it looks really good down there um you know it was, it was kind of uh, created to, to work across the whitetail range. So really like any of you, any of your like states that the primary game animals is, um, whitetails, it's, it's going to work great there. You can wear it other places too. I mean, certainly. Um, but that's kind of what it was created for is the whitetail woods. And, and, um, you know, I, I think there's just enough like of some red tones in this, in the spectrum. I've actually got a pair of pants sitting on my desk right here that it looks really good in those pines with a little bit of the red bark and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been great down there. I think it's, it's, uh, it's a very versatile pattern, uh, across the entire whitetail range. Awesome. Well, we should probably get to the introduction portion of this podcast before we talk <laughs> any further. So, I mean, I'll introduce you on the front end, but, um, okay. let's hear about, you know, who you are, you know, where you're from, your introduction to, to hunting and, sure. and uh, occupation, that whole thing. Yeah, so my name is Josh Hilliard. I'm the the uh, whitetail community manager over at First Light. So I I uh, I'm in our marketing department and work with our kind of like our whitetail pro team, uh, if you will. So kind of managing those relationships, um, uh, you know, 
looking to add folks uh, on our team if, if it makes sense um, and making sure they get all the, the information on our gear and what they need. Um, and then, you know, uh, again, just kind of growing those relationships with those folks and you know, you'll see a lot of them in uh, some of our, our YouTube uh, channel content and our social media stuff. Um, so just kind of on the whitetail marketing side of the, of the business. Um, prior to, I, I've been with First Light for just over a year now, coming up on a year and a half, probably in December timeframe, I guess, which is crazy how fast that's gone. Um, but before that, I worked for the, uh, the National Deer Association or formerly the Quality Deer Management Association. Um, I was a regional director there for, geez, four and a half, almost five years. Um, and that's kind of where I, I met some of the folks at First Light and uh, First Light's been a been a, a sponsor of, of NDA for a number of years now and and uh, had the opportunity to meet some of those guys at, at some point and just stayed in, in touch with those guys. And, and uh, you know, here we are now uh, after this position opened up, kind of went through and I was like, oh, I'll give that a shot. And uh, sounds like a pretty sweet gig. And, and like, and it all worked out for me. Still, still got to pinch myself a lot of the times and, you know, can't, can't believe I'm sitting in this chair, but uh, it's been a great ride and uh, looking forward to seeing um, where this continues to go. You know, whitetail is a big emphasis for us and it's going to continue to be that way. And, and uh, starting to see more and more first light pop up in, uh, in whitetail country, which is great. Sure is. And, and you are, you've been a Michigan resident your whole life. Yeah. Yep. Uh, short, short uh, stint out of state during college for a couple of years, but, but ended up back in Michigan. So born and born and raised here on the West side of the state and then moved uh, to the Southeast part of the state um, where my wife is from. Uh, she's close to 10 years ago now. Nice. Yeah. And so you were, you grew up hunting here as well, I assume then, right? So you've been what state land, private land. Yeah. Yeah. That, so, that whole yeah, thing. So I, yeah, I, I did not come from like a traditional hunting family. So I, I got hunting, I got started hunting like in high school with some buddies, um, just some friends that, that took me out. Um, I would have never really like identified myself as like a hunter at that point. Like I was a guy who went hunting a few times, like during rifle season or, or went and sat with a buddy during bow season. Just like, I liked it a lot. Just like I had so much going on, like in high school, just had, you know, did the sports thing and, and all that good stuff. And ended up doing that in college too. So once, once college is over, I was, I was kind of like, man, I really need to find something that I can like, you know, I'm passionate about and I, yeah. I love to do. And, and, uh, one of my buddies kind of got me back out and do it. And it was like, okay, yeah, yep. This is it. And just kind of clicked with me and, and, uh, kind of really just jumped headfirst in and, and, uh, geez, it kind of really changed the course of my, my life and my career and, and what I thought I wanted to do. And, and, uh, that, that changed quickly and kind of led me down this, this career and wildlife and conservation. And, and, um, it, it's, it's been a little bit of a wild ride that I, that I was not expecting just, you know, a handful of years ago. So I, I think, I like first real season, um, I would have been like 21, I guess, probably. Um, so yeah, a handful of years ago now, probably won't admit how long I've been hunting now. I don't want to give away my age here. You know, I don't want to age myself, Jared. <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, I got all the gray taken care of over here. You, don't have to worry about it. you look great compared yeah. to this other side of the screen. Where it's like, <laughs> how old is that guy? Is he 50, 60? Yeah. No, well, it's uh, you got more kids than I do, so that'll that that'll do it. Yeah, you can probably hear him in the other room screaming at each other. <laughs> That's why I keep hitting mute on my speaker over here. Um, so hunting since you were 21, seriously, that well, you you've made up some ground for the first 10 years that you may or may not have missed or whatever. Um yeah. And yeah. you actually, you had like a, you did the nine to five type job, like the, like the yes. job, like I used to do too. Yeah. Like you've done all that. Yep. Yep. I, I did the, the old nine to five in the office building and, and worked for like a, a bank credit union type thing. And like the financial world is kind of like what my degree was in. Um, like finance was my degree in college and gosh, I was just miserable. I was just like, it's a good job, like good place to work. Like, like all that stuff was great, but it was just like, I'd go to the office and, and my office was in Southeast Michigan. It's like this big office complex. And like our, our unit was like, had no outside windows. So like my office is like looking into this like corridor of a hallway and this like thing that's off the side of a mall. And I was just like, 
gosh, I'd go to go to work in the morning in the dark, wouldn't see daylight all day, drive home in the dark. It's just like brutal. I was yeah. like, I need something different. And, um, you know, just trying to try to get my foot in the door some places and, and you know, um, just tried to use my network of, of individuals that I knew and, and uh, ultimately ended up at QDMA at the time. And, and uh, yeah. you know, the, the rest is kind of history. Just, I just knew I needed something different and, and kind of started putting that into motion, doing what I needed to do to try to make that happen. Yeah. And, and what you can do or what you do know now is what you don't want to do with your life right you've already exactly. so you, you can check that box which is that's a big box exactly. i mean that's yeah. a big box so yep yep so uh, gosh I, I i talk to my wife sometimes like i can't imagine like going back to like an office like i've, I've worked remotely now for like five or six years yeah it's like whew, i'd have a hard time going back into the office yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's been it's been great, and uh, luckily I still get to, you know, First Light is headquartered out in Idaho. Um, but kind of me being on the whitetail side, they wanted someone in and you know to be in in the whitetail range and and uh, Sun Valley, Idaho is a beautiful place to to be and visit, and, and I'm sure live. But there's not a whole lot of whitetails running around there, so made more sense for me to be here in Michigan. Um, so it, it's been great. Perfect. Well, perfect segue there, uh, Master Podcaster. Let's hear about First Light. Tell us about who they are. You know, I mean, maybe yeah. a lot of people probably have an idea, but uh, sure. if, if you that don't, then let's hear about it. Yeah, so so First Light is a technical hunting gear apparel uh, company um, headquartered in Haley, Idaho, which is in which is in Sun Valley. It's kind of like uh, central Idaho. Um, just just south of the Sawtooth Mountains. So beautiful part of the country. Uh, I've been fortunate to get out there a few times now, both for work and I took a family trip there a couple of years ago. And just, um, gosh, it's, it's a beautiful part of the country. If you've never been there, you got to get there and check it out. Um, but they were founded in 2007. Um, the founders were, were Kenton Carruth and Scott Robinson, and they were big, um, big hunters, um, but also big into like, uh, winter backcountry skiing, like all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they were using Merino wool on those types of, you know, those types of adventures and loved the benefits of Merino wool, loved everything I had to offer. But, you know, a lot of times in some of that, you know, mountaineering or skiing or climbing, like a lot of those colors are real bright and all that kind of stuff. So they're like, how do we, how do we get the benefits of Merino wool into um, our, you know, into a hunting application. So that's kind of where like first light was, was born of, of these guys trying to take the materials that they loved for their other outdoor adventures and try to, you know, get them into the hunting space. Um, so they started printing camo on Merino wool. And that was really kind of like the, the foundation of the company was the base layers and Merino wool. And as time went on, they grew, uh, you know, synthetic outer layers uh, became a thing. Um, and started to grow that side of the business as well. And is primarily a, a Western, you know, a Western based company. They're from Idaho and, and they were making stuff for Western hunting applications. And sure you could use some of that stuff uh, in the whitetail world and, and people still do. And it, and it works great. Um, but in the last few years, we've, we've really made a, a heavy push into, um, into whitetail specific gear, uh, especially with last year kind of being the launch of our new whitetail specific camo pattern which is specter it also came with you know a whole new uh, outerwear um category and on the whitetail side and and really like a full-blown whitetail line and part of the company now um uh so it's been awesome to kind of see like the evolution of first light kind of where it started and, and where it is now and and um i'm definitely definitely one of the top players in in the uh in the technical uh, hunting gear space now and for those who don't know, I guess list a couple advantages of merino wool. I mean, I've become yes. familiar over the past few years, but prior to that, I wasn't wearing it even. I mean, it's it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I don't take it off. Yeah. No, I think it's like it's it's there's several advantages. Like most of your classic base layers are gonna be like more of like a synthetic material. Um, I I wore those for you know a long time too, until I kind of came across the merino stuff. And um wool has been around for quite a while um but yeah it's kind of really taken off and especially like the merino wool uh, for base layers so a couple things that is an advantage to it so probably the biggest thing and and kind of like you're going to hear if you look at our website you're going to see a lot like biggest thing is like it keeps you warm when you're wet 
Um, so if, if you're going to get sweated up going into your stand or if you get, you know, caught in a rainstorm or you're crossing a creek or a river or something, you get a little wet, the, the properties of merino wool is going to keep you warm when you're wet. It is going to naturally not, uh, you know, collect a bunch of bacteria, which causes odor. Um, so you're not going to start stinking up in merino wool. Um, you can wear it days or weeks on end without, with it, without it starting to stink. That's, I think that's maybe one of the biggest noticeable differences between like merino wool and synthetics, like synthetics, you really start to stink after one hunt, you know, cause it's, that's that odor building up on, on that synthetic material. Um, but the merino is, is really going to help, uh, keep you odorless for longer. Cause it's not going to build up that bacteria. Uh, it's, it's not going to like shine or anything like that. It does, it's like, uh, it's not going to reflect like UV rays. Um, so it's going to be like a dull looking material. It's not going to be shining bright UV reflections or anything like that. Um, uh, and, and it's, it's really soft and, and merino wool is a, is a durable wool. So, um, the fibers are naturally more durable, uh, than, than some other wool products it comes from a specific type of sheet, um, than merino wool. So that, that, those are some of the main features of, of merino wool. And for all this stuff, like I'm just giving like a very high level overview, like our website has all kinds of stuff about, Merino wool, our, our, our other uh, materials and products that we have, um, the camo patterns, all that stuff. So I'll just preface all the same by like, go check out the website and, and there's all kinds of information there uh, if, if you're looking for more in-depth uh, descriptions on stuff. No, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, well done at a high level there. I mean, I couldn't believe you know, like the base layers, the first light base layers that I wear after even like a whole three, four days at deer camp in november like i don't take that layer off and yeah. you, can, you can barely smell anything if anything by the time yep. you're done and yep no that's I don't great have a huge issue with body odor anyways but like it's amazing it truly was yeah it, it really is it's it's kind of eye-opening that like, kind of first time you start using it like oh i don't need to wash this after every hunt <laughs> i know <I'm laughs> definitely don't need to do that yep and 10 different pairs of base layers throw one in there take the new one out of the scent free tote and you know move on yep very nice. Yeah, I, I know um, the push into the whitetail thing. We've been seeing you guys do that quite a bit now. Um, what are some of the technical advantages to some of your gear? One thing I like about the, um, not the sanctuary, but the, uh, oh my gosh. Solitude. The, solitude, yep. I like the the fact that it has bibs for yep. even, you know, October hunting, early November hunting, instead of just yeah. a pants and a jacket. I love that aspect. Yeah, there, there's, there's several advantages to it, right? Like, and I think, I think as you start using this stuff, you're going to realize it's all built specifically for a reason. Like our, our whitetail gear, like all of our gear is designed by hunters. Like everyone in that office is about as hardcore as it gets. Um, there are a bunch of straight up uh, serious hunters that, that work in that office and the whitetail line is no different. Um, our, our, our whitetail product manager, Greg Farrell, is just the absolute whitetail nut. And you can see that in his work and, and the things that um, are coming on the whitetail side that have come out on the whitetail side, just like details that are thought of that, you know, you wouldn't think of um, if you're not doing this all the time, you don't eat, breathe, sleep whitetails. So like we've got three primary kind of outerwear systems on the whitetail side. You've got your catalyst system, which is a jacket bib, um, uh, set. There's also a, a, a vest. Um, there's the solitude. Uh, let me back up. The catalyst is like a two layer, like soft shell jacket uh, and bib. So it's got like your, your durable outer outerwear that's DWR finished. And then it has a, uh, a fleece backer on the inside. So that's going to kind of be like your kind of earlier season um, type type system. Then you move into our our insulated outerwear, which uh, kind of like the lighter weight of the two is the solitude, which is like a great um, kind of like rut kit as you know, from 40 degrees and below um, you, you can get that thing pretty low, the, the correct layers. Um, I, I'm wearing that pretty much all the way through uh, November into, into December. And as you really start getting into your late season, your cold temps, depending on where you're at, uh, the sanctuary 2.0 is going to be like bomb proof, uh, late season kit um, that's going to be our heaviest insulated piece um, all this stuff like it all has uh, something that's called 37.5 active technology in it whether it's in the the 
fibers of the uh, of the, the the material of the coat or in the insulation. Um, so whether that is doing it, it's helping. Um, and a lot of our a lot of our base layers have this too. Um, and this is a, again something you can look in our website and, and get the full rundown on thirty seven point five technology. But essentially, what that's doing is it's keeping the microclimate around your skin. Um, uh, in your body at the optimal it's, it's trying to keep that as close to 37.5 degrees Celsius as possible, which is kind of like your optimal, uh, body temperature range. Um, so it's going to help wick moisture away. You know, it's going to help with moisture management. It's going to help, um, you know, with humidity, it's going to help pull humidity away from you, keep you more comfortable. So like, kind of like our saying is like, go farther, stay longer, like that 37.5 technology is helping you be more comfortable longer, which is gonna help you stay out there in the woods and, and be focused and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, your body isn't working harder than it needs to work to, to regulate the, you know, your body temperature and that microclimate around you. So the, the outerwear all has that 37.5, um, but then there's also just like a lot of nice features in it. Uh, the, you know, the, the outerwear systems have harness pass-throughs. So if you're hunting in a tree stand, you pass their harness. Um, uh, there's, there's removable hood options on some of those where, you know, I know some people like hoods some people don't, um, we've got our, our, our kit link system. Um, so if you have, if you have the jacket paired with the bib, you can take down a couple zippers on the side of the, the jacket seam, and you can access the hand muff on your, on your bibs, which is super nice. Like I like to wear like lightweight gloves when I'm bow hunting. So having that feature to, to keep my hands warm by my, by my core and in that little muff is, is a super nice feature. Um, and then just this year, uh, the solitude system, uh, and then the sanctuary 2.0, which did have the windproof in it before it's, it's been upgraded. Uh, both of those systems now have a windproof membrane in them. Um, that's one of the biggest things we've been hearing from our, our customers over the years is they want windproof uh, stuff in their outerwear. And so now our two insulated pieces have that. Um, so I think there's just like, there's a bunch of other super great features, just like things as simple as like pocket placement, like where they're at, um, like for, for being in a seated position and a tree stand or in a saddle, like moving them to the front of your thigh instead of on the side for easier access. Um, just little things like that. Uh, I think just make our stuff well thought out and, uh, going to help you, going to help you stay in the woods longer because you're going to be warmer and more comfortable. I like that. I think the, um, the way you can put your your hands, what'd you call that feature where you put your hands within your jacket into your bibs? It's called a kit link. Yeah. So like connecting awesome. your connecting your jacket and, and bibs together essentially. That's awesome. And then the um what's the feedback on the windproof in the in the solitude for for breathability? I don't have that version yet. I have the older one. Is it still breathe well? How's that work? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you add you add a windproof membrane, um, you, you're going to lose some of that breathability because that's the whole point, right? Like you're you're yeah. trying to block air from coming in. Um, we do have like a if you go on our website, we've got like a um, it's a pretty cool like graphic that we put together, like showing how the the windproof membrane works with the with the uh, um, with the the different levels of fabric. But yeah, I mean, it's still gonna it's gonna breathe to an extent. But again, the the point of having windproof is gonna is gonna help stop yeah. you know air from coming in. Um, but yeah, I think like you know this is gonna be the first season with it, so um, I think the jury is out on that a little bit. Um, as most people are probably just gonna start getting into that, so it's gonna be exciting to hear how how people are are receiving the the new windproof model as we you know get a little bit closer uh, to November here. Every day it seems to be getting a little bit closer to that, that best time of the year. And, and when people are going to start wearing that. And honestly, with some of the temperatures we've had here earlier in the season, uh, I would, I would imagine some people are already running the solitude system. So oh yeah, I've just been hunting down in the 90 degrees, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm begging for a, a 35 degree day, you know? Well, this Saturday or Sunday might be your morning. I yeah, mean, exactly. I'll, I'll be wearing the solitude. That's for sure. Yep. I'm kind of a wimp though. So I'll, I'll, I'll put that stuff on earlier than later. <laughs> you know yeah for sure i'm right there with you i run a little cold so i I always probably wear a little bit more than i need to well that's what makes us uh i don't know more badass i guess not not (laughs) i I don't know i was looking for something better there i don't have it (laughs) i do see that windproof system uh illustration here so okay i'll check that out now let's let's 
get into what your favorite pieces of gear are like what are you you know jared you gotta have this like you you gotta have this i mean yeah uh gosh man someone asked me this the other day too this is so hard because there's so many pieces in in our whitetail line that i like i'm gonna stick to i'm gonna stick to something new here um i freaking love that source jacket it's like the white tailor puppy you know jacket if you will um it's just like that super versatile piece that just lives in my pack all year long um it could be a 60 degree day that you know i'm just gonna have it in my pack because you know as the sun starts to set it's gonna get a little chilly and and you might want just that little bit extra of a layer it's just like a, a perfect little puppy jacket to you know packs down you know pretty darn small you just don't even notice that you have it in in the bottom of your pack and and pull it out at the end of a sit or at the beginning of a sit uh, in the morning and and as temperatures start to rise just kind of take it off or you can layer it you know and really get some of your other gear like you can wear your catalyst jacket longer into the year with having that source jacket underneath it and kind of have it, having that extra layer of, of insulation super nice it's quiet which is totally different than really any other like puffy jacket out there um but that's always been like the knock on puffies right is they're loud they're super warm but they're loud like if you're scraping against the tree or like even just like hitting your arms together, moving around in your tree stand or, or saddle or whatever, like you're getting that like swishy sound off the fabric. Um, so it, it's a soft or it's a it's like a soft outer face that's so quiet. Um, and also it's going to it's going to be more durable than like your classy puppy jacket. Right. Like puppies are notorious for catching on a branch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just like, how did I how did I do that? how do I rip a hole in that? Like this thing is, is definitely more durable than like your classic puffy jacket. So I, you know, it's got the harness pass through. Um, it's got, uh, you know, some thumb loops for layering and, and things like that, but it's a pretty like no nonsense, uh, piece of gear that just flat out works and just like fits in anyone's system really with, with how versatile it is. Um, you know, essentially you can wear it under, when your outerwear pieces and gets it gets you to that next level of insulation so just kind of helps you take all your gear a little bit longer into the year that's i mean i love that part of what you just said so if i can rock that with my solitude longer into you know december before having to put on the big thick heavy stuff um which even the sanctuary is not that heavy thick i should say it's like that would be that'd be what i want to do i'm looking at it right here is that is the puffy is that down or yep yep it's uh, a prima loft it's a prima loft uh uh material and i think it's like prima loft gold um that's warm then yep insulating layer for sure yep okay awesome yeah Yeah, it's a great piece that's that's that just came out uh gosh i within the last couple months and that's been uh that's been the piece i've been most excited about i got to wear it last year and, and like i said it was basically in my in my pack the entire year and and just wore it a ton um and a, a close runner up to that uh would be the origin hoodie new origin hoodie again that's like one of those pieces i'm wearing for a, a big portion of the season if it's not an outer outer layer uh in the early season it's my mid layer as they move later into the year okay. um so those two pieces are, are probably like two of my favorite like standalone kind of pieces and if i had to pick like one of our outerwear systems it'd probably be the solitude kind of that 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 one that's going to get you through the, you know that rut time period where most people are doing the majority of their hunting um especially when you're going to be out there all day long or or you know for for uh, good amounts of time uh, each sit instead of just like oh a quick evening sit here a quick morning sit here in the early season just trying to you know strike while the iron's hot in that early season yep. you're going to be out out in the elements um late october into november as much as you can that, that, that's just going to be a um, you know, it's a, it's a great piece for that time of year. So if I was going to pick like a full outerwork system that I had to have, it'd be the solitude. Okay. And that, and that origin hoodie is that, um, like more in between the, like the catalyst and the solitude kind of a, like a early October or mid October type piece, not quite as heavy as the. Yeah. Um, it's going to be like a, it's going to be like a kind of a mid layer. Uh, it's going to be kind of like a mid layer, um, in the in the mid to end of this like mid to late season and then you could wear it like you know down to 50 55 gotcha. you know, depending on how you run as an outer work it's like a it's like a two-layer sweatshirt so it's again got your kind of your, your uh 
durable outer outer face and then it's got a fleece backer on the inside so nice. um for those of for, for people that might be familiar with like the klamath hoodie um it's it's essentially taking the spot uh in the line of the klamath hoodie um it's gonna be similar to like uh your kiln base uh base layer weights or yep. base layer warmths that, yep. that same kind of area that's the layer that i usually use for the base layer so that makes sense Awesome. And not only are you fully into the whitetail thing, let's touch real quick on the other current uh, pursuit categories you guys are in before we get into yeah. what hunts you have coming up for the rest of the year here. Yeah, man. Yep. Yeah. So like kind of like our foundational stuff that we, we really started on was like the Western big game. So definitely have a full assortment of, of Western big game um, uh, gear that's going to be made specifically for that type of hunting. Right. So you're high exertion hiking climbing mountains um you know uh rain gear for like pacific northwest type stuff alaska like in the brutalist of elements right um so there's a, a full line on the on the western uh big game front and again a lot of people use that you know th there's no saying you can't use that stuff in the whitetail woods or the whitetail stuff in the western so i mean it's all it can all be used right just like depending yeah. on on your resources and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, yeah, a bunch of great pieces on, on that side, uh, uh, first slide as well. And then new this year is the waterfall line. So getting, getting into the waterfall game, we got, a we got a handful of, 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 you know, specific waterfowl outerwear pieces, and then a bunch of our base layers and some of our other, um, uh, you know, some puffy jackets, that kind of stuff, uh, accessories, headwear, gloves, all that kind of stuff is, is, uh, we just came out with a, uh, blind bag for waterfowl. So, um, waterfowl is going to be, a uh, kind of our next big thing here. So that's exciting too, to be launching a new, uh, an entirely new product line. Yeah, it's, it's pretty neat too. I mean, I was looking to see if you guys had some waiters the other day. I need some new waiters too. I didn't see those yet, but, um, not yet. I'm not sure. Yet. they're <laughs> I'm sure they're coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, what else is there? You got the big game. You got the white tail. You got the waterfowl. Um, maybe yep. some uh, is turkey on on spring stuff on the agenda. What, what's next? Yeah, I mean, I think like I think the thought there is like most of our stuff can be used for turkey stuff, right? Um, sure. I've, I've I've killed my fair share of turkeys and inspector stuff over the last uh, you know two years and True. and uh, and fusion and all all that stuff will will kill turkeys, and I, I think um from our pants and and even some of the whitetail stuff like the early season whitetail stuff is is going to bill for you know most of your turkey seasons um yeah. and we got some lightweight stuff that I, I haven't talked about like some of like our obsidian pants are going to be your light merino pants um that you know here in michigan it seems like every year you get into that mid to mid to late may you kind of get a late season here um you start getting some pretty warm temperatures right if you sure. want some lightweight gear, there's definitely stuff in, in our arsenal that, that fit the bill there, whether it's obsidian, uh, obsidian pants or like wick hoodies or kind of your, our lightest weight base layer stuff will, will work just great for outerwear in those warmer times of the year as well. So, yeah, um, you know, feels like we got a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the big game pursuits, um, you know, uh, handled. We've got some upland pants that I know a lot of bird hunters like the, the sawbuck brush pants. Um, so yeah, man, we're, we're continuing to, to grow and we're always looking to improve, um, and expand our, our products. And, um, you know, it's exciting to see where things are, are going to be headed here in the next, uh, the next few years for sure. That's awesome. Well, if anybody hasn't figured it out yet, you can go to firstlight.com to check out all this awesome technical gear. Now, Josh, I want to talk about some fun stuff coming up here. All right. It's yeah, mid-October. And uh, I got my first shooter on camera the other night, getting a little excited. Nice. How about you? What's on the agenda? What's yeah. so, man, I've, I've already like, I've already knocked out a bunch of my trips this year um, <laughs> early, which is actually great because I, I get a little say, bit more time to then. focus. Yeah. I get a little bit more time to focus on home this year, um, which I did not get to do last year. I was, I was running pretty ragged last year in the fall um, from October all the way through December. So, um, kind of nice to get some of those trips out of the way, uh, early, like I'm not hunting whitetails anywhere else in August, you know? So nice, nice to get that done, uh, that South Carolina trip. And, um, so I got, 
I'll be here in Michigan pretty much all of October. Um, may make a quick rip down to Ohio a few different times um, when it makes sense, uh, just based on weather. And then kind of my next big trip is uh, is Kansas, pulled a Kansas tag this year. So headed there, uh, get in November 7th, and we'll be there to like the, I can't remember, uh, I think the 15th. So I'll probably miss the opener of gun season here in Michigan, but that's a, the, the, I'll sacrifice opening day here in Michigan for a Kansas uh, rut hunt. I, I guess I can do that. I'll, I'll get the first weekend of, of gun season in here at home. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to, to kind of, to be, uh, to be home for, for most of the, uh, the, the big chunk of the fall here and focus on some Michigan stuff. And, but that being said, I don't have much to focus on right now. My cameras have been dead. I've had like two good bucks on camera, but I haven't had them on camera since like early September. So not sure what's going on there. If they kind of, you know, relocated after the velvet came off. Um, but there's usually a good one that rolls around, you know, uh, that's living in that neighborhood. So I, I've got, I've got five hopes that, that something will happen uh, on my little, uh, I got a little 40 acre lease that I hunt here in Michigan is kind of like my primary spot. I'll bounce around to some, some public spots as well, just to not put so much pressure on, on my one little spot, but um, yeah, man, look, looking forward to, to getting some, some good time in a tree in Michigan this year. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask you about your lease. I mean, you got all these cool hunting trips and going all over the place, but you're still, you know, a regular guy like the rest of us hunting little 20, 40, 60 acre pieces here in Michigan. Yeah. Get on them, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's uh and honestly, man, I like doing that more than, than some of these traveling hunts. Like, don't get me wrong. It's great going on these hunts, but a lot of times I'm like flying or whatever. It's just so nice to like have my, my truck, my, like all the gear I'd want. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I have to like think about every little thing. And it's, man, it's just so nice to like sleep in your own bed, you know, yeah. sleep, get, get, get home after a hunt and have a, have a homemade meal instead of like fast food or something and, and sleep in your own bed. So, um, there's, there's advantages to both. Um, but, but certainly don't mind being at home. Well, that's awesome. We'll have to get together on a doe hunt or something. We yeah, tried last year a little it. bit. We'll see if we can make it happen this year. I got yeah, it. I think I'll have a little bit more time this year, which, which will be nice. And, uh, uh, yeah, we got it. We got to make that happen this year for sure. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be a good time. I think, um, that's good. I think you'll enjoy being home the rest of October and early November that, you know, that's, that's perfect. I, mean, I, I agree. I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, I got one more thing we normally ask our, all of our guests. Um, we need to understand what your favorite tree is and this can be for hunting out of, can be for, you know, the habitat values or aspects yep. could be something like seeing in your front yard when you look at your window. I just want to hear what, what your favorite tree is and uh, we'll get some pretty cool answers on this. Oh boy. Can I tell you my least favorite tree? Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, my least favorite tree for one to hunt out of and, and two for just like, um, uh, my situation at home is, man, I've got a lot of shag bark hickories at my house and just loaded with, with, with hickory nuts that just litter my, my yard. And gosh, it's like all my grass is dying in the back. And then my lease, like my, my, uh, my primary hunting spot in Michigan is just full of shag bark hickories. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> there is no, like. I, if I could pick any, any tree to not hunt out of, it'd be one of those just cause they're so loud, like getting up and it's like, yeah. it was brutal, but like, geez, it seems like eight times out of 10, I'm having to sit in one of those at, at my least, just like, if, cause that's the only trees that are there. Like there's oh, very man. few other, like, we got a few oaks. There's a few oaks. There's some big white oaks. And, and, um, uh, I guess, you know, just from like a, a tree that would be my favorite and, and what it provides, I'd, I'd probably say like a white oak would be my favorite. Um, but man, I don't have many of them at, at my lease. And my, the landowner just told me they're, they're going to cut some down this, this winter. So, um, I was like, sure. You don't want to take any hickory trees out of here. <laughs> nope. They but, should. If they're going to take some oaks, they should take some hickory. And, and they might, hickory I think they're going to thin that place a little bit. So, oh, um, but yeah, man, uh, the, the, the shag bark hickory is my, is my least favorite just because they're so damn loud to get in and hunt out of and, and your sticks are slipping on that stuff and just, uh, don't like, I like that i think i'm gonna add that because white oak is by far the most popular answer sure. asking this over 150 times now or whatever it is um so i think if i get the white oak answer from somebody i'm gonna immediately follow it up with a what's your <laughs> <least> favorite <laughs> and I they're like cool that. trees they're cool trees i just like 
gosh, I got them everywhere. And I'm, I'm just, uh, they drive me nuts. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I looked at a piece years ago before I bought my 15 to buy. Um, it was 37 acres for like 64,000 bucks, like six, seven years ago. I should have bought it. Um, but it was full of shag bark hickory and, uh, no value in it. Hard to hunt out yep. of, um, you know, little to no value. I should say it's just, it wasn't, yeah, I've, I've been around them. I hear you. Yep. Yep. And it, it seems to attract all the squirrels, right? So you got squirrels around all over the place and you're like, is that a deer? No, it's not a deer. <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, Josh, how can anybody get a hold of you? Anything else you want to hit, uh, feel free to plug and mention before we wrap this up. Yeah, man. Well, I don't know when this is going to air, um, but if it's before the 16th of October, uh, we've got a, a big whitetail sale going on at First Light. It's kind of like whitetail week um, is get our kind of family of companies. So um, part of that is a big 20% off sale on all our, our whitetail items, all the Spectre items. Um, uh at first light that runs the October 10th through the 16th. So depending on when, uh, uh, when this launches that, that may be available, it may not. <laughs> um, but also I just, I'll just, your, your hat is reminding me here. I'll, I'll touch on our, our camel for conservation initiative. Um, whether it's a sale or not a, a portion of all sales of, of our gear and specter camo, a portion of that goes to the national deer association. Um, so by the time the sale is done, will have contributed over a hundred thousand dollars to the national deer association, uh, just this calendar year. So that's awesome. Um, wow. kudos to everyone who's, who's helped, uh, you know, make that happen. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a pretty darn cool program, super proud to be associated with. And I have close ties to both, you know, obviously first light where I work now and, uh, NDA where I previously worked and just love to see the, the synergy between the, uh, the two and and what that's allowed NDA to be able to do with with projects like they're doing at the back 40 that I know you had some involvement in and yep everything they're doing across the country whether it be advocacy work or uh, youth hunts or other field to fork hunts um, all that stuff is just awesome to and to be a, a little bit of a part of that is, is certainly um, a cool feeling and and so any anything anytime that anybody buys anything inspector a portion of that sale is going to to the NDA which is great we have a similar a similar thing going with uh, Delta waterfowl on our on our uh, uh, waterfowl camo pattern, which is which is great. So, love the love the commitment to conservation um, from the first light side of things. Definitely like in our company ethos and and what we're all about. It's very important to us. So, um, thank you for for everyone who's bought items, inspector that that have helped contribute to that that uh, that money that we've raised. So, um, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about that for a second. But yeah, man, appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, if you want to check out anything we talked about, firstlight.com uh, for our full product assortment and also a bunch of uh, bunch of info on, on the technology we use and, and all that good stuff. Awesome, man. Yeah, you wrapped it up better than I could have. Well done. <laughs> I think uh, I will be participating in the Whitetail Sales slash uh, Spectre NDA conservation. There you go. By the base, by the look of my shopping cart on first <laughs> you know, i will be donating here shortly so awesome. i just want to talk well, to you before it. i hit this before i hit the buy button in case i'm missing anything so there you go there you um, go we'll, we'll run through it together no, that's great man hey i appreciate you and uh, thanks for coming on good luck the rest of the season bud appreciate it man you too thank you so much listeners for coming and listening once again to the habitat podcast we really appreciate it if you could Please do us a favor, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. If you type out something nice, I will send you a free Habitat Podcast decal. If you haven't been to our website, habitatpodcast.com, we have our Habitat Property Consultation Services on there under the Land Plan tab. Check out our HP Land Plans there. We also have hats, t-shirts, and decals up at habitatpodcast.com. Of course, all of our podcast episodes. And then we have a new Habitat Podcast journal where you can learn about deer anatomy and some cool thoughts, um, you know, more of a blog post from us every now and then. We'd really love it if you went over to our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, found the Habitat Podcast, and please subscribe. That really helps us. And thank you very much to our sponsors. I'd like to thank Vitalize Seed Company at vitalizeseed.com. 
Packer Max Cult of Packers, Exodus Trail Cameras, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, Endless Horizons Archery, Morse Nursery, Afflictor Broadheads, First Light, Realtree United Country Land Pro Lake States Realty and Auction, Legendary Forest Products. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better habitat managers. <laughs>